I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast deals with discrimination, homophobia, suicide, and crimes against men and children. Please listen at your own discretion. If you are affected by any of the themes featured in this episode, please contact your local support charity. He must have gone through a hell of a cover-up, personally, and gone through on a daily basis some kind of personal torment. No inkling of anything troubling him or anything like that. Not at all. And one of the telephone numbers uh, of his clients was John McLennan. But to have John pondering his arrest uh, all night, I thought it was far too dangerous. Because he knew he's got a, 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 a... destiny moment at 10 o'clock um, you know so it was just just John Catching Worms a Hong Kong true kind podcast the SIU were on the hunt They needed an arrest to show London that they were dealing with the scandals that Duffy had revealed in his many letters from prison. They couldn't go after the top brass, so John McLennan was on their most wanted list. An arrest of an expat police officer would be a feather in their cap. They could remove him quietly, and hey presto, problem solved. They spent 1979 trying to gather evidence. For John... He spent 1979 at Ho Man Tin Police Station, working with his friend, fellow Scotsman and detective Ian Grant. John settled down, he fitted in well and got on with the day job. From the outside, life continued as usual. In October, he attended Ian's wedding with his teammates from the station. He had a lively social life, going to bars, meeting friends for lunches, living the expat life. He seemed, to Ian at least, normal, happy. And in the the weeks or months, you know, in maybe the December, November, December period, did you notice anything different about John? Did you notice anything unusual? Again, no, nothing. No inkling of anything troubling him or anything like that. Not at all. Was John just really good at covering things up? 
Was he putting on a brave face? I asked author Nigel Collett, was it possible he had no idea that he was even being investigated? He was aware, um, because by Christmas um, of 1979, um, the police had managed to find, uh, by uh, leaning on uh, people in Tim Tatsui and gay policemen that they knew about, they found a, um, a young boy who was on the game in Tim Tatsui who kept a notebook. And in that notebook were some telephone numbers, and one of the telephone numbers uh, of his clients was John McLennan. So they had actually, that by that stage, got some evidence at last. They then widened the net and they went out onto the streets and arrested as many um, gay um, uh, prostitutes as they could find and forced some of them to uh, state that they'd had sex for money with John. Um, others actually had had sex and they forced them to confess that they had had sex with John. Two of those boys um, who actually liked him um, then um, were brave enough to go and tell him that the police uh, had done this and that the police now had evidence. So before Christmas of 79, John McLennan knew that the police had in their hands enough evidence to get him out of the police force. John is 29 years old. He is on the other side of the world, away from his family, in a city that doesn't really celebrate Christmas. You have to make an effort to make it feel festive. But what was John feeling? So by Christmas, um, the, the police were ready. They had a search warrant and they were poised to arrest him. Um, but they let him stew over Christmas and the New Year. And during this period, um, he, he visits with George um, and um, receives an anonymous phone call. Um, can you tell me what happened and why, and why you think that happened? This was... Um, on the New Year's morning and uh, he had a phone call from uh, an abusive phone call um, something about him being gay and they were going to get him and he was quite clear that it was somebody in the police force and he told uh, Slasher George that um, he was being um, persecuted by um, a couple of people that he named to Slasher George in the police force so he knew what it was now, this is technically hearsay. You're hearing it from us, who heard it from Nigel, who heard it from one of his sources, who then heard it from Slasher George, who apparently heard it from John. And the fact that the SIU were behind these calls, well, that's just a theory. Over the course of the investigation, it became quite clear that there was at least one person in the SIU, and maybe more, uh, who were not averse to throwing their weight around and to threatening and making anonymous phone calls. Phones were tapped. That was done legally. Um, but people were also getting really weird phone calls. LC2 had phone calls. Um, and there were threats made. There were um, uh, stupid remarks made. It was clear that there was an attempt to not only um, intimidate somebody, to, but to, to make fools of them. Um, and uh, that was what was happening to John McLennan on New Year's morning. Was that the first call John had received? He couldn't prove it was the SIU, but who else would be doing this? Reportedly, they'd also called Elsie too, the woman who'd helped John with the Ewan Long dismissal. The premise being that they were trying to intimidate John and Elsie to stop them fighting back. It was January 1980. 
John had been living in Hong Kong for just over six years and he'd been working in Ho Mantin Station for over 12 months. He had been accused of homosexual tendencies in Yuen Long and now was being investigated by the SIU, the Special Investigations Unit tasked with investigating scandalous rumours of homosexuality on the government's payroll. So by now, you'd assume that everyone knew he was gay, especially his friends and those he worked with. But that wasn't the case. To be a homosexual, particularly of John's John's type, who was kind of we would call him closet nowadays, um, must have been pretty pretty difficult. I had no idea. It must have been pretty. He must have gone through a hell of a cover up uh, personally and gone through on a daily basis some kind of personal torment um, in these days um, to hide all this from his colleagues in the police force who probably 99% would not be sympathetic to homosexuals. Do you remember when you found that out? At what, at what point did you, that, did you find that out? Only after, only after his death. Um, that's when I found out, or it became common knowledge. Because we, we didn't know, I, I didn't know that SIU were intending to arrest him on the Monday. Things came to a head when there was a decision made that he was to be arrested um, the next morning. The next morning was to be the 15th of January and the arrest was going to take place around 10.30am. That was the plan. But now it was January the 14th, the day before, and John was scheduled to work the 8am to 8pm shift at Home Antin. So whilst John was going about his daily routine... His ears must have been burning. There was a discussion between the superintendent, the other chief inspector and myself, and I was very much in the discussion about whether or not John's um, uh, superintendent or chief superintendent, his superior officer, should be warned that John was going to be arrested. John was a serving police inspector. The discussion was whether or not his superior officer should be warned in advance about John's arrest the following morning. And my view was that, no, he shouldn't be. Anyway, uh, the vote went against me, if you want to call it a vote, and it was decided that, um, that the senior officer would be informed, but on the condition that he didn't inform John McLennan for the very, very reasons I put forward, that he would be very high risk. And that senior officer was Division Superintendent Jack Trotman. But Jack Trotman was the, 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 our boss. He was the senior superintendent, the district commander. Um, he's still alive. He's about 88. Good lad. Jack Trotman had known what the SIU were up to. Some months earlier, Mike Fulton, the SIU informant, had come to see Jack to seek advice. Jack had offered him support and told Mike that his sexuality was his own private business. So when Jack received the call from the chief superintendent to say that John was about to be charged with five counts of gross indecency, Jack felt he owed it to his men to do the decent thing. Jack being Jack, he was always um, looked after the troops. That was just Jack's way of doing things. Unfortunately, his boss was a, a decent good guy called um, Trotman, Superintendent Trotman, who um, ran the police station that John was part of. And Trotman and his 2IC, who was called Mark Pelly, 
who was also a decent man, uh, decided that they couldn't let John be arrested um, without some form of warning so that he could have a lawyer present. And they wanted someone also, too, from the police um, welfare side to be present so that he got his rights. So he was informed that John was going to be arrested. So they set up this thing to have him in, his, in Jack's office on the Monday morning at 10 o'clock. And then Jack, which he's been pilloried for, which I think unfairly, is Jack thought, well, I should tell him so that he can be prepared. And out of his loyalty to his troops, Jack arranged for John to talk to a solicitor. And I understand that he and the, his deputy, Mark Pelly, who was another good lad, um, they arranged for a lawyer, and I think it might have been Stephen Llewellyn, to come in and have a private conversation, a consultation with John. And they suggested a lawyer to him. So um, the, a solicitor came along to the police station and interviewed John, and they had a long discussion. We're not actually sure exactly what they said to each other, but it's quite clear that John did confess that um, some of the um, allegation was going to be true because he named one of the names of the boys that uh, had warned him that there was a case coming. By informing John, Jack became a scapegoat as if what was about to happen would have never happened if Jack had just kept his mouth shut. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It was quite clear there was a possibility that he would inform John. John Jack Trotman is a very nice, kind person. And the, as I said at the time, it's, you might ask him not to inform John, but it's likelihood that he would. So John was made aware. And of course, Jack uh, bore the brunt of criticism for telling John. And of course, the, the blame because of what John did, which is actually ludicrous if you think of it in, in that way, that Jack was responsible for what happened, what John did. You know, because he told him he was just trying to act out of his um, uh, concern for the for the guy. Well, in fact, the senior officer did inform John McLennan. 
as we found out later. They thought it was only fair, but uh, rather tragically, the fairness was not really, shouldn't be the issue. It was a danger to himself, should have been the issue. I asked Detective Noro McKillop why he felt it was so important that John was not given the heads up. Because of my knowledge of John, my assessment of John has been a danger to himself because he always tried to portray uh, the macho image. And I felt quite strongly that if John was told the night before that his macho image was about to implode and he was going to be exposed as a not only a homosexual but someone committed in, uh, committing crimes, um, then he might be a, a high risk of suicide. That was my view, and I was very strong about it. And I was very adamant that the senior officer should not be told in advance. I mean, it wasn't such a huge case that uh, he couldn't be told at the same time the arrest was to be conducted. But to have John pondering his arrest uh, all night, I thought it was far too dangerous, uh, given my personal knowledge of John. It makes you wonder, is Norrie speaking with hindsight or was John labelled as a high-risk case? Would you have said that he was a quite a stable character? Yeah, well, in my experience, in my, I wouldn't say he was unstable. Detective Ian Grant knew him well. He was just one of the guys. Everybody was a bit different. You know, you have to bear in mind, and you, you, you've gone through it yourself coming to Hong Kong. I always used to think that if somebody made it all the way to Hong Kong, they had something going for them. And it could be because they were a bit odd or otherwise they just had something going for them. So I always had a bit of respect for anybody who ever, who ever got out there because uh, they weren't the talkers who were still sitting in the bar 10 years later. You know, and John was just a, an ordinary bloke, you know, not spectacular, you know. He didn't play sports that I knew of, you know, he was not that way inclined, um, you know, so he was just, just John. Stable character, just John. Just John, who had dealt with the case in Yuen Long, who had fought back and kept his job before. Just John, who had known the SIU were investigating him since Christmas. Just John, who was supported by his senior officers and offered legal advice. So, you can understand why they felt John could handle it. And for someone to be told the night before that they're going to be arrested the following morning, for such a case for homosexual crimes. Uh, someone like John, as I said, um, to me, that uh, it was just ludicrous. If they were going to arrest him, just do it and give him no time to ponder and think and they'd poor, poor John had all night to worry about it. And that night, the night of the 14th of January, 1980, was different. It was different to all the other accusations John had faced before perhaps because these accusations were true. Or perhaps, as Nigel Collett puts it, His entire life was about to collapse. Next time on Catching Worms... was found the next day dead 
Uh, they found his body on the floor um, by the bed in the in the bedroom. So he didn't have a gun. So five shots from a revolver. Uh, it wasn't a suicide. No matter what the evidence was, they, 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 they screamed murder. That was a sufficient motive for someone to want to kill him. He probably wouldn't have pulled that trigger. He was possibly murdered. This has been a Create podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. You can follow us on Instagram at CatchingWormsHK. With special thanks to Nigel Collette, author of A Death in Hong Kong, Detective Noreen McKillop, and Detective Superintendent Ian Grant. And thank you for listening. Catching Worms This term means to get yourself into trouble, causing unnecessary difficulties. It may seem like an odd phrase, but this slang is often used as an abbreviation of the full saying that involves putting said worms up your rear end, which to anyone's imagination definitely spells trouble indeed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.